who wants to be first of all will be last of all and servant of all. Gentlemen, you are in the right place. This is Last in Line Leadership Podcast. I am your host, John Shibley, and I just read you from Mark 9.35. That scripture is all about servant leadership, and that's what we're about here. The podcast that showcases and highlights great leaders of faith, people who have walked the journey of leadership, who have served, who have sacrificed, who have developed discipline, courage, and resilience. You've come to the right place. This is Last in Line Leadership. Hey, what's going on? Hey, hope you're doing well. Happy New Year. Hey, this is for the guys out there, specifically Christian guys who are called to a higher standard. This is for you if you are halfway doing it, if you have some left in the tank at the end of a project or a task or a job or an agenda or a list, if you've got some left, if you feel like you might have shortchanged the potential in your 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 skill level, if you haven't maximized okay, your talent level or your intelligence or your purpose, if you haven't fully redlined and pegged out the speedometer on whatever you're doing, if you've given a half effort, this is for you because... Now it's time to stop that type of activity. And many of you, including myself, have at least done that at some time or another, a season or another, some longer than others. But it's time to stop. We're, we're called to a higher standard. We are meant for more than what just the average run-of-the-mill dude is meant for, who doesn't believe in Christ, who hasn't sold out to his faith, who isn't serving, who isn't providing and producing more than he's consuming, who isn't physically capable, who isn't there, present, engaged with his family, leading them spiritually. For those people, we're called to be bigger than those people who aren't doing those things. So this is for you, and this is for me. If we feel ourselves lapsing to this mediocrity mindset in 2024, which we all have good intentions. We all say that that's not going to happen. We all plan for something spectacular and magnificent right now in January. But we all know how those New Year's resolutions go, and about 90% of them peter out by about February, maybe by January. I don't know the stat. I hope this is the exception, not the rule. But in my life, I know I've fallen into this trap, and I know that I've fallen into laziness. I don't know that I've got a propensity for laziness. I don't know that we're called to be that way. The Bible says the act of being slothful is, is a sin. It's, it's anti what God created, okay? We're not meant for that. So let's roll up our sleeves, let's dig in today, and let's talk about it. Let's get real with each other. Let's get convicted, okay? Let's get uncomfortable, that's what we should be getting at church. We should leave there going, ooh, I got some work to do. Or, ah, that kind of hit me right in the face. Ooh, he's been reading my mail. Oh, does he have a camera in my house? Does he know? That was just for me, that message. Like, we should be leaving church with that, saying that to ourselves, knowing that we've got more in the tank 
and more to grow on, more to work on. So tonight, look, it's about more than just being busy because a lot of us can make ourselves feel important by the number of tasks we mark off the list, by the number of boxes we check, by the number of busy items, right? Busy work that we compile on a list. You feel like you marked those off and you feel important. You feel like you've done something magnificent. I'm going to tell you, there's a difference between being productive and being busy. Guys, without giving too much away, I've had a really good year. I've been successful in my job for a long time. But this year's significantly successful, and I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm not saying I was entitled to it, not saying I deserved it. God blessed me beyond anything I did deserve. He was there. He was faithful. He provided. But I got to say I'm efficient. Okay, I may not work as many hours and sprint as fast as some of these other people. But I got to say, the the mark I leave, the footprint, I believe, is lasting. I believe it's got meat on the bone. I believe it means something. I believe it serves. I believe it stays with people. So to me, that's important. So I've got five ways to gauge productivity over busyness. This is going to come in handy because a lot of you are journaling. A lot of you are making lists. A lot of you have the whiteboard out, the chalkboard out if you're old school. A lot of you got the notes in your phone of the books you want to read this year, the number of days you want to work out, the diet you want to get on, right? The number of date nights you want to take your wife. Those are all great. A lot of you, those lists will just stay lists and they will just collect dust by about March. Okay. But if you're making lists that are uh, as as menial as, you know, I'll, I'll be dramatic, but tie my shoes, check. Brush my teeth, check. Don't hit the trash cans pulling out of the driveway, check. Like if you've got the bar set that low, yeah, you're going to check off a lot more items than I do. But when I check one off, it's going to make a splash and it's going to last and it's going to be uh, an imprint. That, that's that's meaningful. So that's what I want to talk to you about is being productive, not just being busy. I'm sure you can be both, but a lot of you have talked yourself into being that you're productive when you're really just busy. Now, I call it movement versus magnitude. And a lot of you are doing a lot of moving, okay? There's a lot of moving parts, okay? You're moving. You're taking four trips to the kitchen to grab a pen, when it takes one, when it can only take one, only needs to be one. You're using 20 words when five will do. And you feel more important. You feel productive, but you're really just busy. You're really just moving around. You're just shuffling papers. Okay. You're not necessarily doing anything with those. So I'm here tonight to help you, to help me. If I lapse into that, I don't know when I really lapse into that because. I say the counter to that is, you know, a different side to the same coin might be I feel lazy sometimes because I feel like I've gotten some things done during the day, productive things, but then I have a lot of margin and I find myself, okay, maybe I'm watching a couple episodes of the show on Netflix I want to watch. I, I mean, I think there's a, a time to decompress. I think there's a time to sit and just kind of chill, right? And kind of unplug and unwind, but Sometimes I feel like I lapse into this laziness whenever I start feeling comfortable and I'm like, okay, what should I be doing? Now, if there are significant tasks that you're putting off, that's a different conversation. But 
again, different side to that same coin. A lot of you feel like if you're just moving around, you're doing a lot of stuff and you're moving the needle, which I don't, you're really lying to yourself a lot of the time. So I think guys, we can maybe get a lot less busy, but a lot more productive this year. And I'm going to tell you how I got five ways to gauge your productivity over busyness. So, but first let's talk about movement. Okay. Cause this is, I'd rather have magnitude over movement. Okay. I'd rather have staying power than a flash in the pan. Okay. Uh, then like a one hit wonder, a quick couple things I'm moving around and I feel important versus I'd rather just do one thing and make it mean something. So, but for movement, I mean, you guys know if, if I use too many workout analogies, you know, uh, that's, that's just what I am. I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm not really sorry. Cause a lot of you exercise too and lift weights mostly. So you guys, I'm speaking your language. That's fine. Um, and I, I like to, to make the analogy of, look, if you're just doing reps to say you worked out, that's movement, okay? I, if I know that I can do 200 pounds 15 times, okay, but I'm doing 170 10 times, and I'm really not doing much, okay, but I'm checking that box, right? I'm, I'm moving weight, but am I maximizing my resistance, Am I maximizing the muscle breakdown? Am I actually building any muscle? Most likely not, but I'm out there. I'm I'm doing reps. I checked it off the box. That hour I'm in the garage, right? I'm doing 175, you know, 10 times when I could be doing 200 pounds, 20, you know, 15 times. But, you know, I did it. That's a win, right? Yeah, it is if you compare yourself to the least of these to the lowest common denominator. If you compare yourself to the guy that's eating Twinkies on the couch, doing nothing to move his body. Yeah. You're, you're actually uh, exceeding. You're actually doing something special, but if you're measuring yourself next to your potential and next to the people doing it better than you, bigger, stronger, faster than you, then maybe you're falling short. Maybe you could do a little more. So that's what I want to also say. Like, if you're comparing, we're all in this comparison trap. We all have this, a lot of us have lapsed into some of the imposter syndrome, we call it. But, you know, it's a big catchy, sexy word. But ultimately, we're comparing to people most of the time. I would rather compare to the guys that I don't think I'll ever hit. Or maybe the guys that are a couple notches above me that, yeah, you know, with the right amount of maybe luck and maybe a little bit more effort than them and more consistency and discipline, maybe I could catch them. Those guys are who I'm comparing to. So if you're just all about movement, you're you're probably not all about magnitude and you're probably falling short of having that significant imprint. So that's what I want to talk to you and hopefully get you believing, get you bought in, get you sold out to have that lasting imprint so that when we're talking in December, you know, maybe you're emailing me November, December saying, look, I'm doing some significant stuff. And yeah, I'm doing about four at less or two or three less hours a day of what I was doing, but man, I'm having so much more impact and feel so much more significant. Like I'm right in stride with my purpose. And that's what, that's what we are going. That's our strive. That's what we're striving to do. So movement is, so here's how you know if you're busy. You're going through the motions, okay? That seems pretty obvious. You're checking boxes. There's no depth. 
Okay. You have an inch deep, a mile wide, got a lot of tasks on the list, but none of them are really digging down deep, right? There, there's no depth. There's no breadth. There's no thickness. There's no body to the work. Okay. It's just work. It's just there. It's just movement. And you're doing the bare minimum. Back to the weight analogy, the weights analogy, like, or, or, I mean, let's, Talk about cardiovascular. I know you're going to tell me I box everybody into weights, right? Because that's what I, I know. That's what I do. That's what I'm decent at. That's what I've gotten better at over the years. Okay. I've been consistent. Okay. Let's talk about something I don't do. Uh, cardio running. If, if, if I know that I can get way more benefit and I have the potential to run a couple miles four times a week, but I'm really just kind of walking around the block a couple times a week. I'm not doing anything, but yeah, I'm moving, but I'm not doing anything for myself. I'm not really moving the needle, but let's move the needle. Like there's too many of us guys that are just content with saying we got in the game, but never really moving the ball down the field or never really getting in the end zone, never really scoring, never helping the team, but we're on the field. Maybe we're just on the team. Maybe we're not even on the field. We got a jersey, right? We got a jersey and a clipboard and a visor, and we feel important. Hey world needs backups, right? No. The Christian world doesn't need backups. Christian men are not called to be backups. We're called to be leaders, called to be the tip of the spear. We're called to be servant leaders. We're called to get out there and carry people with us, protect, get in the middle, stand in the gap between them and danger, between them and any enemy, right? We're called to do that. So let's make it count. So here we go. Let's talk about magnitude. Okay, we covered movement. That didn't take very long because movement is pretty shallow. Movement's a short trip around the block because I think you get it. It's just doing it for the sake of saying we did it. There's no meat on the bone. It's the bare minimum. There's no depth. Magnitude, on the other hand, magnitude, magnitude speaks. Okay, it's got a broader voice. It's got a bigger reach. It's got more influence. It's got more of a thumbprint. It's got more of a footprint. It's got a little, packs a little more punch. So how do you know that your project, your task, your job, your mission is productive, is significant, embodies the magnitude that the standard requires to being a Christian leader, man, specifically male leader. Okay, here we go. Here's how you know. I got five questions, five ways to gauge productivity over busyness. Number one, when it's bigger than me, when it's bigger than you, when the task or project or job or mission is bigger than you, okay, it's a greater mission, it's a greater mandate, there's more at stake, okay, there's a bigger eternal ramifications, eternal footprint, eternal impact, there's something bigger that's part of, you're part of a bigger plan, okay? And it's going to require God to step in and intervene on your behalf and help bless you along the way, right? You're going to need some things go your way. You're going to need, it's going to be beyond your own strength. It's going to be beyond anything in your little finite human mind can grasp. So that's how you know it's, mag, it's magnitude, because it's going to be bigger than you, and it's going to serve people beyond you. It's going to have a bigger splash. The reach is broader. Okay. The range is wider. That's how you know. If you're just doing the bare minimum, 
then you're really only going to affect people in a small sphere. And maybe at the most, you're just going to be able to clap, you know, give yourself an ovation and pat yourself on the back and say, hey, nobody saw that. It really didn't mean anything, but I did it. I know I did it. And that's all that matters. That's where you're going to get if you're back to the movement section of just moving just for the sake of it, of moving. You're just shuffling papers. All right, here we go. So that's number one. When is it when it's bigger than me? Number two, you know the project is productive and it's got magnitude when it requires strain, when it requires you to strain, stretch your maximum potential, stretch your capability, when it requires you to strain something, right? It's going to cost you. There's going to be sacrifice. So it requires some sort of strain. I don't know. It, it could be financially. I mean, dude, it took me a long time to buy into just to the tithing principle. The first 10%, when I'm barely paying bills and mouth, you know, feeding mouths of kids, taking care of a wife, and we're tithing 10%, like right off the top. And dude, God is faithful. He did way more with that 90% than we could do with 100. You've heard that a thousand times. That's no lie. But it was a strain. I mean, it strained our relationship a little bit. Yeah, we had some heated conversation. We It strained our finances, of course. It strained my faith because I'm like, do I really trust this? What is the return from this? Why am I doing it? Like, it took obedience. And that, you know, strain is, it requires faith. It requires obedience. It requires trust. Knowing that you put forth maximum effort and you've sacrificed and something has cost you deeply, but you know that that's a productive project that's all about the magnitude of significance versus the movement, okay, of just mere task box checking. So when it requires strain and it costs you something, that's usually a good sign. That's number two. Number three, when you maximize your potential. Talked about that for a little bit, kind of touched on it for a second. But when you maximize, like when you know what you're good at, and you've dialed in to your skill level and your swim lane. You've identified your gift. You've identified somewhere you can fill a niche. You can fill a need. You've identified that and you step right into that. You're fully in the zone. Like you are locked in. You are in the zone of that skill and you are in a rhythm. You've got a cadence and you are picking up steam, right? And you are going. And that is when, so when you know that, so if you're really good at something, okay, and I don't know an analogy right now, but let's say, say you're really good at your job, okay? You're really good at uh, sales, and you know that it requires, you know, sales is a numbers game. It requires a certain amount of calls to the right customer with the right message in that right timing, for you to move the needle. But when you make half the amount of calls that you know you need and you have half the conversations with half the passion in the wrong timing and the customer is not engaged, like you know that that's fallen short of your potential is dialing in to maximize the timing, the messaging, the, the repetition, the reach and frequency. Like you know what that potential is, but then you 
choose another way. You choose less than that. That's all about a choice, and you've not reached that maximum potential. You've fallen short on purpose, really, but you would never admit to that it was on purpose. But your, your actions and decisions and choices prove that it was intentional because nobody held a gun to your head to make half the calls you needed to make. If you're good at it, you do what's necessary to get there and to, to achieve that goal and, and whatever that quota might be in, in a sales job. But yeah, when you maximize your potential, that's how you know it's productive. That's how you know the magnitude of your actions actually means something. And you're fully in the zone of that particular skill. That's number three. Number four. Here we go. Again, five ways to gauge productivity over busyness. Number four. Guess what? When those seeds you're sowing in that particular project or task, when those seeds sow that you sow, reap a harvest when it bears fruit when you see it serving someone blessing someone when there's fruit a harvest a evidence of someone else's benefit because of what you've done that's kind of parlays nice with that it's bigger than me but this is kind of its own thing when it bears fruit it's been productive i can go out in the garden and plant, just scatter random seeds in crappy soil and hope it rains, right? I've done something. I've filled the hour of the day, or really in that case, probably about five minutes, but I've done what I thought I needed to do to check the box, the bare minimum. Is there going to be a harvest? It's going to dry up. It's never going to bloom or blossom or fruit. There's never going to be a fruitful harvest. It's not going to bless anybody because there's no production. It's never going to serve anybody because it was done poorly and with little effort in poor soil, the wrong way with the wrong cultivation and hydration lack thereof. In fact, so there's no fruit. That's a literal term, but in our life, you aren't bearing fruit in certain areas because you're doing the bare minimum and you're moving papers and you're running across the street when you just need to take a step across the sidewalk. You're doing a lot of things that make you feel important and make you feel busy and make you feel, quote unquote, your version of productive. But you haven't been fruitful. You haven't been productive. You haven't had the magnitude that you're desiring, that, that you actually should require of yourself because the Christian man standard that we live by requires that demands that we demand that of each other hold each other accountable but if you're not bearing fruit guys if there's no harvest if it's not blessing or serving chances are it's just busy work it's real shallow it's just for you to say you did something and feel important you need that shoulder sling because you've been patting on yourself on the back too long for the wrong thing that's number four it's clearly gotta bear fruit it's got to be more people than you that benefit and are blessed by it. So number five, here we go. Last but not least, when it's mentally or physically exhausting, when you walk away from something and you feel drained, okay, a good drained, not drained from toxic interaction with evil people, right? Or 
you got into a confrontation and that just physically drained you or mentally, emotionally drained you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about productive, productive exhaustion that leaves some sort of imprint positively. Okay. When it's mentally or physically draining, physically, that's easy. When I go out in the gym and, and work out and throw weights around a bunch of times, heavy, heavier each time, hopefully, I don't look forward to it. But when I'm done and I can't move and I need to get in the hot tub because my muscles are like screaming at me and I get out of bed and everything creaks, man, do I know I've done something. That soreness is significant. It is truly defining Okay, it is fruit. That is bearing fruit from the effort I put forth. And, and it was worth it. And I know that because I'm exhausted. When I get done parenting a kid through a hard time or having a conversation with my wife about our relationship where maybe I've dropped the ball, maybe we haven't connected, we have that, we, we kind of air out that dirty laundry, or I'm parenting a kid through a tough time, I walk away and I'm like, oh, I just need to get out of the room. We've done our work. We've been productive, right? Not busy, not just throw a bunch of scripture at them and tell them how we used to do it and how they're terrible and doing it wrong. But we really kind of get in their skin. We relate, we empathize, we instruct, we correct, we we discipline sometimes, then we encourage and we love. But when I walk away from that, I'm drained. Even though it was good work, it was draining. But I feel, I feel. I feel worth something. I feel like it was worthwhile. The magnitude of productivity was significant. And I believe there's an impact made. There's a, there's a footprint made in that kid's life long-term where maybe 20 years from now, he remembers that conversation when he's a parent. That's what we're hoping for. Okay. We leave it all on the field. That's how you know. When you're exhausted, you've left it out on the field. You watch a football player who's played every down and he is filthy. Okay, the guy that's the cleanest never got in the game. Chances are he didn't have a whole lot to contribute. The guy that's bloody, dirty, grass stains, guy with got tape ripped from one side of his arm to the other, he's limping a little bit, shoes are untied. That guy, he's got war paint on his helmet from the other team's helmet. Like that guy left it all in the field and he's exhausted. He's got nothing left in the tank. Guys, when we redline and, and we hear our, our buddy Kyle Thompson at Undaunted Life talks about you should redline once a week. When we redline, guys, any sort of way, like mentally, spiritually, physically, <clears throat> emotionally, relationally, professionally, whatever, when you redline, all that means is that you've pushed yourself to maximum output. You've left it all on the field. Okay. When we do that, we can look at ourselves in the mirror and go, yeah. Hey, I may not have hit all those goals. I may not have checked all those boxes that the old me that was more into movement than magnitude, the old me that was busy but not productive, the old me would have checked those. Maybe I didn't check them all, but the ones I did check, dude, I'm exhausted. Dude, I left it out all out there. I redlined there, and, and I know that that was lasting. I know that stuck. I know there's going to be evidence of that beyond just today. And the guy that just is busy with no depth, his evidence is fleeting. It goes away, right? It's like the footprint on the wet sand, kind of get the, the tide comes in and just kind of washes it like no one ever stepped there, like no one was ever there. That imprint was so shallow and so 
I don't know, wet and flimsy. There was no firm foundation to that footprint. Okay. Because it was shallow and it was fleeting. It was quick. It was there and it was gone. And then it was literally gone. So our footprint guys, we're trying to make last. We're trying to let it live beyond us. Okay. So those are your five ways to gauge productivity over busyness. This will help us this year. I know we all have lofty goals. I know we all have great intentions. I know we all have those desires and uh, the focus we're locked in. We're going to make 2024 the best year ever, but we don't want to be a flash in the pan in the first quarter and then peter out for nine months. This is how we do it. This is how we stay productive, consistent. This is how we make a lasting impact. Okay, here we go. Movement versus magnitude, guys. Five ways to gauge productivity over busyness. Here's how you know if there's magnitude and productivity in the task, project, or job you're going to do. Okay, first one, when it's bigger than me. Okay, second one, when it requires strain. Number three, when you maximize your potential. Four, when it bears fruit. Five, when it's mentally or physically exhausting. Guys, I feel a little bit drained after this conversation. I feel fired up. feel like I could eat nails. I hope you do too. I hope you're inspired. I hope you're motivated. Most of all, I hope you're convicted a little bit to make some changes that create um, lasting imprint. The desire to make that lasting footprint the productivity over busyness, the magnitude over movement. I hope this blessed you guys. Happy New Year once again. I can't wait to see how you have taken the bull by the horns, how you have selected and chosen productivity over busyness. With that, be blessed.